Did you have a nice little Christmas poem to read tonight? Yeah. What is it? I don't know. Jingle bells. Dan yeah. smells. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been nice if you would have. What's the the big Christmas poem that the old guy always reads in front of the fireplace? The night, the night before, before Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we would have been creative. We would have created that for this. but Yeah. Not. I was going to say there's something with two different Midwinter's Night's Drams. What's the what's after or before the partridge in the pear tree? Two uh, two turtle doves. Two turtle doves. So two uh, two men and winners nice drams. Three Glen Cairns. Ooh, that two was probably worse. Midwinter's nice drams. And I don't know what one is. One hangover. One hangover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one successful podcasting year. <laughs> <laughs> It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> it kind of is. <laughs> a podcast about bourbon and the ones who drink it. This is Bourbon Matters. Welcome to Bourbon Matters. I'm Jake. I'm Dan. And we're joined by Jake Sigalnik. Yes. Sigalnik. Sigalnik. I say screwed up last it? time. <laughs> I know. Learn your friend's names. I, I flipped it around. That was like, I know I got it wrong last time, and then I couldn't remember. Yeah, it's all good. Good Jesus. research you do for this show. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, so yeah, tonight uh, we are doing uh, a doubleheader um, because uh, we thought it would be fun to do uh, Midwinter Night's Dram. Um and then Gold Eagle actually did a barrel pick with Dancing Goat that is a poor man's night's dram. <laughs> Just yeah. basically a knockoff. Of basically a knockoff. But... The, the High West <laughs> uh, rye. Um, so we thought this would be a fun uh, final episode for the year. Right by the holidays. Yeah, right by the holidays. It's, um, a, it's a great holiday pour. Um, yeah. Lots of people have have a lot of people that ask for this bottle just so they can share it with relatives during the Christmas time. Yeah. Family get togethers and whatnot. Not necessarily because it is a good bottle, but we're, <laughs> we're about to find out. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's, uh, so, Midwinter's Night's Dram is from High West. Yep. We did one of our earlier episodes was on them in yeah. Colorado, Park City. Yeah. Um, Beautiful distillery, by the way. Yeah, I, I want to get out there at some point. Right at the bottom of a ski lift and a great resort right there. So it's a, yeah, it's a cool experience. Super cool. Yeah. Well, you have the distillery there, and then you have the High West Saloon. Yeah, they have like three or four different locations, but uh, the actual distillery is right at the base of a uh, ski lift um, in Park City, and I was there two years ago. And, I mean, it's literally... 10 yards away from a lift to hop up on the mountain. So nice. have a couple pours of whiskey and get right back <laughs> out there, you know, grab some lunch at the distillery and whatnot. Isn't that what happened to Sonny Bono? I mean, you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> he died in a skiing accident. Oh, so. come on. You in guys Utah? <laughs> no, not in Utah. <laughs> Did you go skiing when you were out there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Ski or snowboard? Snowboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How are the slopes? Uh, I mean, this particular resort was incredible. I was there for two whole days, and we still didn't have time to hit every run. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, 
spending a morning probably three or four hours at high west didn't help that but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but no it's it's if i had to pick one place to snowboard at for the rest of my life this would definitely be it out of all the places i went to so yeah nice. mm-hmm. yeah i i went to park city in high school um you must have went to the most bougie high school, Jesus Christ. No, with my family like on vacation. <laughs> not not with the high school. I don't know. Some of these high schools these days take some pretty... Well, yeah. But no. It's our tax dollars. Yeah. <laughs> um, or no, it wasn't high school. It was middle school. Um, but anyway, I had never skied before or snowboarded. Um, so I learned how to ski at the resort. Um and like did the bunny hill like a million times because I couldn't really <laughs> yeah. do anything else, but it was really cool. It was it's a really cool town mm-hmm. and it's yeah it's gorgeous there. Yeah, it's like a high end old school ski town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, and then the other bottle we're gonna do is the dancing goat. Um. Which we just talked. Uh, did we talk about the tasting? No, we haven't yet. No, I wasn't there. So we went to a. A tasting at Gold Eagle with Dancing Goat, and it's Nick, right, mm-hmm. is the distiller yeah. and owner. Mm-hmm. Um, and he walked us through a few different um, of their rye offerings. Then we did a single barrel pick between uh, four different barrels. Yeah, four different barrels. They were barrels. all very, very unique. different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was pretty cool. It seems like he's doing a lot of really interesting experiments and uh, – I mean, the, everything we tried was pretty darn good. Yeah, I mean, um, that's it's definitely a distillery to keep your eye on. Um, they were actually the creators of Rum Chata, so they kind of got that out of the way, got a bunch of money from that, and then that was right when MGP was clearing out most of their inventory and nobody really wanted MGP, so they just yeah. bought a ton of experimental mash bills from MGP, and now they're sitting on a bunch of 10- to 15-year MGP, and they also have a lot of their own six to seven year old rye whiskeys and uh bourbon i think's getting up to like five or six years so they oh, have nice. a lot of a lot of cool stuff to keep an eye on they do a lot of unique interesting finishes um like some chocolate bitters finish cherry bitters finish um yeah, the and cherry bitters one was it was really out it there. was intense <laughs> yeah um, um it tasted like cinnamon candy to me it tasted um, it tasted like a really, really good fireball. Yeah. Like, like fireball it, without the sugar and yeah. without the sweetness. Like it was just a straight whiskey, but it tasted like fireball and it was it was intense. It was different. Yeah. Um it actually tasted pretty similar to the um Barnstormer. Barnstormer one. Um because at Barnstormers they actually vacuum distill. Vacuum distill all their additive stuff. <coughs> so it's like basically pure flavor extract that they put in the whiskey mm. without sugar and yeah. everything. So yeah, I mean it that one was surprising. Um that's not what I would have expected from mm-hmm. a cherry bitters yeah. <laughs> barrel finish. <laughs> but I it was pretty good. Like cinnamon candy's not my cup of tea. It's not mine either. Somebody who's like really into that, I yeah. can see like uh, mm-hmm. being blown away. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad we didn't pick that one uh only cuz again it's not my thing, but uh like they're like that the description, the flavor profile was absolutely on point. It mm-hmm. was just what you would kind of expect if you were told this is a cinnamon red hot whiskey. Yeah. 
Um, and then the one we picked was their limousine rye um, that was finished. Brandy barrels? In brandy barrels, mm-hmm. yeah. And that one was excellent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it, it actually, to me, tasted a little bit similar to the honey finish mm-hmm. barrel pick that you guys did with them as well. Um, but there's a little bit more depth, I think, from the brandy. Yeah. That, that I, like, you still got that, like, nice, light sweetness. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the the fruitiness of the brandy kind of came through. Yeah. Too. It's, it's, I think it's still sweet. It's not as sweet maybe as the honey and you get a little bit more of the rye, a little bit more of the spice. Um, you can taste the whiskey a little more. Um, I think the stickiness and the honey kind of takes away some of that, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, this is, I mean, it's going to be a great pour and the best thing about dancing goat is their price is right too. So yeah, for under 60 bucks, you can get a seven year barrel proof rye whiskey, you know? Yeah. And we're, they're right outside of Madison. Yeah. They're about mm-hmm. uh 10 miles South of Madison. All right. So it's Cambridge, uh, I believe that's it. Yeah. I think uh-huh. that's what the town's yeah, yeah. called. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think we're going to, I think try and get up there. Um, Nick said they also do a like, custom gin making class which yeah, sounds so, really cool i mean that that's the one of the coolest rooms i've been to at a distillery like there's 16 mini stills and so you you yeah, go in there and cool. you have your own still and then like on a miniature scale you pick your botanicals you put it in the still and distill just like how you would on a bigger scale um but you get to make your own bottle and botanical combination and whatnot so that's super cool yeah it's choose whatever neat. proof you want and take your bottle home but yeah that that looked when i was there they were like just starting their first test classes on it and they said within a couple of days they'd be up and running with it and awesome yeah yeah i mean and uh nick's presentation was awesome mm-hmm. is like dude, we're kind of whiskey nerds and Nick is like extremely technical. Very. I mean, <laughs> so that, Dan that was, would have had a field day out of no, all if the nerd at all. <laughs> out of all the master classes we've done, he by far went into more like nerdy scientific terms than anyone. Yeah. And I think he probably lost three fourths of the crowd <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really early on that presentation. Yeah. But, I mean, he uh, was getting into like some of the like, uh, like chemical engineering aspects of making yeah, whiskey, which uh-huh. like some of the stuff that he talked about was like, um, or like some of the like techniques that he said that they do versus you know other places were like things I had heard were like frowned upon mm-hmm. because it's not like the traditional way of doing things. And he like explained like, yeah, it's all BS because of this, this, and this, yeah, and this. Yeah. And like he had, he had uh, all the science to back up <clears throat> all his arguments and everything that they were doing. Yeah. It's, it so. was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I, I want to reach out to him and see mm-hmm. if we can get him on one time. Oh, to, I'm sure to talk he'd be down for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's, he's kind of like a, like a goony fun, like yeah. just down to earth <laughs> guy. And you wouldn't expect that he has all that scientific distilling knowledge, but yeah. he, he knows a lot when it comes to distilling. So yeah, his family story is pretty cool. Yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Um, his grandpa was a chemical engineer mm-hmm. and worked all over the world in distilleries. Um, and his dad, uh, was in was a Jim Beam yeah, for a very long he time for Jim Beam for doing like twenty years. 
mostly I think marketing stuff mm-hmm. was was it, and then yeah. you know him and his dad invented rum chata, right, and sold that, and then started Dancing Goat. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool family lineage through the whiskey industry. So right. Yeah, that was a, su- a super fun uh, masterclass. That was a mm-hmm. good one. Yeah, good. So with their, you said they bought a lot of experimental stuff from MGP. Are they mm-hmm. also using that in the experimental finishes, or are they just using their own stuff for the experimental finishes? They-, uh, they got a combination of everything. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the barrel pick experience is very cool, because normally when you go to a distillery, they have a couple samples laid out, and you get to choose from there, but at Dancing Goat, you're just walking through their Rick house, and any barrel you see that looks interesting point at and say you want to taste <laughs> and they thieve it right out of the barrel and that's kind of how they do their picks so nice. um to to find the honey barrel we it was actually a traverse city barrel that was used by um a local honey place and then they reached out to dancing goat and offered them the actual barrel and they were like sure we can try and throw some whiskey in it and see what happens so um there you know nowhere on the barrel did it say honey but we just it just caught our eye that like why would they have a traverse city barrel yeah and then nick said oh that's that's a honey barrel that we have and immediately we're like all right we'll take that (laughs) <laughs> and i don't think he really knew what he had um there was actually another uh restaurant that had dibs on it and they kind of dragged and they saw that we sold out of our share of it the same day so then they offered us the rest of the barrel because mm-hmm. the other restaurant was dragging on it but yeah. yeah they just have a lot of a lot of different things that you wouldn't normally see uh at a typical distillery and the fact that they have their own whiskey plus a bunch of different mgp experimental mash bills just makes it that more interesting yeah, yeah. Probably gives them a little bit of play too, and yeah, what mm-hmm. they can do, you know. Right, it's fun, but then it's also got to be like the downside of it. So when you do some of that experiment, you taste, it, and you're like, "Well, shit, that was old." Way. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which is kind of what this poor man's dram is here, uh, which we'll get into in a second. Yeah. So yeah, let's. Uh, we've got the the high west right now. Yep. Um, Dan's already gone into it a little bit. Yeah, it's their Park City. It's. The Midwinter Nights Dram is basically just their Rendezvous Rye, which was formerly MGP, and I think this might have been their first time with their own full. Yeah, that's probably right. Because the big, the big hype, or the not the big hype, I guess the big controversy around this bottle this year is it was always hard to find, and it was always an eighty dollar bottle, and this year it almost doubled in price. Mm-hmm. And it's probably partly to do because of, partly to demand, and then I think a lot of because of their own stuff, but. It's their normal rendezvous rye. I was doing a little uh, research on it. So in the past, their rendezvous rye was a mash bill that was a blend of ni- of MGP rye, so 95% rye, 5% malted barley. And then their high west distilling was 80% rye, 20% malted rye. I could not find the mash bill for this year's midwinter night dram, but if it's all their own, it might just be straight 80% rye, 20% malted rye. Yeah. Which on the nose, it definitely has a different nose than yeah, the MGP it's a, rye. Yeah, it's not as spicy Mm-mm. as typical MGP. Yeah, like I almost smell like. Um, definitely tastes there's a little more malt in there. It smells to me almost like juicy fruit or like <laughs> bubble gum or something like that. It's got it's got something on the nose I can't pick up. I can't quite place right now. It was my so when we talked about being out in Park City, my parents were out there in September, 
I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, can you stop by the distillery and see if they're out yet at the distillery? And they were about a month too soon, so I didn't get one then, luckily. I was able to get one here. But yeah, there's something on the nose I can't quite... Almost like a perfuminess to it. Yeah, like, I'm. there's some kind of fruit that I can't... I'm getting a lot of cherry. Yeah. Cherry smells like, almost like a... Maybe some white peach or peach. something. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like almost like a peach cobbler type thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not your normal MGP rye by any means. No. Yeah. I'd I'd be almost shocked if this was actually MGP. Usually the MGP has all those like floral kind of notes going yeah. on, and mm-hmm. this is uh, by the way, this is their Act Ten, which is the tenth release of their Midwinter Night Dram. I did read. I you, we my bottle has a different scene number than yours, but the scenes don't mean a damn thing from what their really? website says. Yeah, mm-hmm. but every the act is what year. So last year's was Act Nine. This is Act Ten. Okay. Which if this is a ten year old, it makes sense. Or the tenth year, this makes sense. That's probably they're all their own stuff by this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would assume. I mean, they're distilling a lot, and I don't know when that time hit that they're gonna you know start to be all their own with mm-hmm. all that distillate but they've really cranked it up it does i don't know if you guys are getting on the on the palate kind of draw it's kind of got that tannin like a wine the dry wine it takes yeah. a little bit out of your tongue it just kind of draws a little bit of moisture out is the first thing i noticed about it and the the port's definitely present mm-hmm. It's for sure present. I get it more so on the finish, kind of more of the spice and the port kick in on the back end. Like up front, it almost drinks like a bourbon. And then a lot of the spice and a lot of the fruitier, portier notes kick in on the back. Yeah. You can tell it's a rye on the finish. Mm -hmm. It's harder to tell on the palate. Yeah. Yeah. And let me also say, too, that I thought last year's midwinter was absolutely awful. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I tried last year's i tried to <laughs> i tried it one time and i'll hardly ever drain pour a pour but midwinter <laughs> last year was one that i did good yeah no <laughs> and that was like i think last year i mean like we haven't been hardcore into whiskey that long no. like last year was the first time i had ever heard of it mm-hmm. i know roberto tried really hard to get one it's always been one couldn't. of his favorites yeah I've um, just I've just kind of seen them go downhill every single year for the past three or four years, uh, okay. and I think that's because the MGP that they're using is getting younger and younger, oh, uh, mm. or they're starting to blend in more of their own stuff, and it's just not the same as what it was yeah, not four like or five years ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it still has that cult hype following. Yeah, I mean they market it as though winter christmas drink mm-hmm. i mean it's snowed a little bit today it definitely has kind of some of that holiday cheer feel in it it's yeah i mean just a, the name and the, yeah. the label itself is really nice um and like i said earlier i i have so many people that ask for this bottle just because it's become a tradition to mm-hmm. share it with friends and family on their christmas parties and whatnot and yeah. they'll even admit it's not you know, not a great bottle. It's not something that they would normally chase down, but it's just become a tradition to share with friends and family yeah. during the holidays. So it's kind of got a nostalgic following to it. Yeah. It, it does carry some of those like 
baking spice notes, you know, um, for like, uh, not quite gingerbready, but, um, but it's, it's there. It makes you think of, yeah, the holidays I mean, it's, it's definitely kind of got like a warm, warming. kind of note, mm-hmm. yeah, um, overall, um, yeah, it's a good like fireplace. Yeah. Drink. Yeah. yeah, it's I the more and more I think I'm the more I drink ports, the less and less I think I'm liking port finishes. I think there's but that might just be driven by there's so many other good finishes out there right now. There's been so many yeah. people doing so many different finishes for the longest time. Port was the best finish of the most sought after finishes. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Angel's Envy's port finish, yeah. right? Yeah, they really set the bar. They were like and, the first yeah. one. Yeah got everyone on to the whole wine finish thing which i've never really caught on about myself i'm not a big wine finish bourbon fan or whiskey fan no the the honey's got always honey has a unique flavor to it i've tried some Mm -hmm. maple cask finishes that always add yeah a little bit of nice flavor to it i mean you're not getting a ton out of it but it's i don't know it's interesting i like it um it's uh I don't know if I, I maybe have one or two mm-hmm. at a time. This isn't one where I'd be like pounding it. Well, <laughs> you know, so like, I was gonna say like it's this is definitely better than last year's from what I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought last year's was kind of just a hot mess, and it just tasted like they added some port whiskey or port wine to some whiskey. Oh, um, yeah. but. Because this doubled in price, I'm still, you know, salty about it. I don't think it's, it's yeah, a, it's not worth 150 dollars. Yeah, me. I don't know if it, I don't think it's worth 150. 150 dollars mm-hmm. and the hunt, and the hunt, yeah. Right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 80 dollars and the hunt, I can see that, especially yeah. for. I mean, the problem I think they part of it know part of it they are aware of is those people that are just looking for the holidays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the they tradition. know it'll sell out no matter what they charge. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's that I, it's not a bad whiskey by any means. It's, it's no. the hunt and and the price tag is putting it up there with some of the other things. And I mean, you guys, like we've talked about before, you guys will always throw it on the website, say, Hey, this is in order online and it's gone mm-hmm. within 20, 30 minutes. I mean, for this one, I I legitimately thought it would last all day long because the price hike, and we also got sixty bottles this year, and I think last year we only got thirty, uh-huh. um, and it's still sold out within five minutes, which is insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's because so, I I missed it. I think. I mean, because I I'm usually at work when mm-hmm. the. When the notification comes I, in, yeah, I mean, yeah, got to be fast. <laughs> I wasn't. I it was like two or three in the afternoon, and I just figured it's you know it's afternoon. People are working. Like no one's gonna see this right away. This is probably gonna be around all night and mm-hmm. maybe last until the next morning. And nope, within five minutes they were all gone. Yeah, that just shows the bourbon craze is still as strong. Oh as yeah, it yeah. has been over the last ten years. Is yeah. It's- or the whiskey craze. It's and we were one of the first places to get it. I didn't see anyone else get it before us, so that's just all people buying it blind without even trying it. Yeah, um, which is cool because you know it shows that there's such a following for these bottles, and it kind of builds a community. But at the same time, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't jump on this one without tasting it first. Yeah. And I when we did 
uh, High West the first time. I know I wasn't a big fan of their Rendezvous Rye, and it's not because I just hate Rye's. It's there's Rye's that I like, and there's yeah this, and I wasn't a big fan of their Rendezvous, and this is basically just a port finish mm-hmm. Rendezvous. Um, yeah, the the one we tried though probably wasn't theirs. That's true. That was early um, on. Yeah, it was a it was a it was, it was the it was, old style been, label still, and it was um. I don't know, that's a pretty available one, so it's yeah. probably been sitting for a while, but yeah. Um I think too, because what they just released what was it a couple months ago, they had like that smoke one. Smoke the campfire. Campfire. Oh yeah. I it almost feels like they're I mean, they have good whiskey. That's not that they don't have good whiskey. It almost feels like they're banking on everything on the midwinter night dram hype. And like, here's another change of here's a different Here's a smoked whiskey now. Well, so the campfire was actually the same story. Like, it sold out the same day we got it. Um, the only one that doesn't anymore is that Rendezvous rye. Uh, and all those whiskeys, uh, Rendezvous, Boo Rye, Campfire, they used to be year-round on the shelf all yeah. the time. And they recently made them seasonal releases. So I think Boo Rise in the spring, Campfires like end of summer, Rendezvous um, early winter or late fall, um, and then midwinter, obviously, in the wintertime. Um, so, yeah, I think it's cool that they're doing different seasonal releases. Uh, it'd be nice to see more distilleries do that because it mm-hmm. does kind of create a following uh, mm-hmm. around these whiskeys, especially if you try one that you really like and you see it gets released, you're going to grab a bottle so you have a backup yeah. or have one around, you know. But So what what's their their normal, I mean, the double rye the is double always rye. available? Yeah, and then... Um, the American single malt is a special release, too, that, isn't That's it? also a special release. The um, and then the prairie bourbon. Oh, prairie bourbons, they're, like, yeah. Yeah, standard Yeah, so prairie now, bourbon right? and double rye, those are their standard re- releases, which the double rye is great for 35 bucks. I love the double rye. Yeah. It's so mm-hmm. good. It is. I That was, like, one of the first whiskeys I bought in college that wasn't, like, Jack Daniels. Mm-hmm. And I was, like blown away i was yeah. like this is so good <laughs> it's, it's a great intro rye too because i'm pretty sure it has a higher rye content but that double barrel finishing takes away a little bit of the spice and adds a little more sweetness so yeah. it's a really great uh intro rye into higher and that was back in the day when rice. they used to actually hand write the proof on the <laughs> bottles and <laughs> everything so speaking of doubles and then rye i just want to i forgot about this when we started Breaking, uh, well, Whiskey Advocate had their top 20 bourbons of the year come out, and then Breaking Bourbon had their top oh, yeah. few bourbons of the year come out. And I just want to say, their top bourbon on Breaking Bourbon, who we use a lot for research and things, mm-hmm. was the Old Elk Double Wheat, mm-hmm. which in our Old Elk bracket was by far and away my favorite over mm-hmm. the rye. You guys both, you and Roberto both went with the rye. Yeah. But Breaking Bourbon followed my lead yeah. with that. I don't know what you're trying to yeah, say. Yeah, where are you going there? <laughs> you got you and Roberto are wrong. And I demand my respect. Well, the um, the rye was not a new release, right? This no, year? that's yeah, that's a that's been established. Mm-hmm. The double wheat was a new release right. this year, which mm-hmm. is probably why they picked it. So if the rye would have came out this year, they probably would have picked the yeah. rye. Before we switch over to Dancing Goat, the other thing we hit on the head was when we tried Jack Bonded for the first time this year. And we said, so there's things I have an issue with on that, because Whiskey Advocate had that as their number one bourbon this year. 
and they gave it 97 points. Yeah. I think 97 points is very, very high. <laughs> I still think. Oh, I, I agree. I love it. I still think. <laughs> I, yeah, but like when I rank things in my head, what's my favorite bourbon of all time? Sazerac 18, Pappy 12. Well, geez. Things like that. Well, what, what are you, you going to give those? Fuck. <laughs> what, what are you going to give those for a rating, though? 99. You tater. Well, what's, what's, what's your favorite bourbon, Jake? I don't know if I could pick a favorite bourbon. It would definitely be one of our store picks. And okay. I'll, I'll admit, obviously, I'm biased. That's fine. I picked the barrel, so right. it's going to line up with my palate. Um, so, so what would you I'm give not, that out of a scale of The Jack Bonded? Yeah. Well, what would you give your store not pick? Not in that. Oh. Like, would you give your store picks a 99? Well, we're going to, at the end of the episode, we're going to do our bourbons oh. or our whiskeys of the year. Oh. I did, I jumped the gun. Well, but, you didn't tell say what yours was. Well, well mine was well. Okay, so <laughs> I think it's obvious. I'm gonna have to point. think about it now till the end of the episode because that's a tough question. Yeah. But no, I would not give Jack Bonded a 97. Uh, when I first tried it, I did really enjoy it, and I also really enjoy the Jack Daniels flavor profile. Not you know your old number seven, but like mm. some of the barrel proofs are really good. The um, the barrel proof single barrels, yeah, are fantastic. like some of those I think rank up there with George Stag uh, in terms of flavor and side by side. I've had some blinds where some single barrels have beaten out George Stag, oh. uh, but you gotta. I mean, look at that list. Like it's all the major big companies and big distilleries. You gotta assume that there's some kind of back pocket yeah. oh, favors yeah. going on in order to get on the list and yeah. rank highly up there. I did see uh, a meme that was like uh, from like a bourbon account. It had like their logo on the guy, and it said like I'm the biggest dumbass in the world. And then it showed the whiskey advocate lineup, and they're like, "Here, you can have the crown." <laughs> That's but, I, I will say I've lost all respect for Jack Daniels. For the little I had for them, anyways, with their taking the the bad spaniels company to the Supreme mm. Court. Have you seen that? No. No. There's a dog chew toy company. I think it's called Bad Spaniels. Okay. As in like bad cocker spaniels, and it has like a very Jack Daniels feel, and it's bad spaniel. It's a dog chew toy that looks like a square liquor bottle, uh. and it's called Bad Spaniels Old Number Two. Mm. Okay. It's an old dog pooping. And Jack Daniels tried to say that they are infringing on their intellectual property. They lost in court, and now Jack Daniels is taking this co- to the Supreme Court, which well, is a great, the... great use of our government's time. Their their bottle's trademarked, though, isn't it? The bottle, but there's parody law. They're not. Yeah, there's parody law, which is your right to free speech. So, but I don't they've... know. I don't know. You're not allowed to profit off of that. Well, Saturday Night Live does it all the time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, but, I don't know. That'll be interesting. I think that's a yeah. That's something we need a little more info on. Uh, yeah, it's it's, it's a bad. I, it's just like I don't think they're if from what I've read, it seems like Jack Daniels just out of tune with today's how people feel today. They're trying to take down a small dog yeah. toy company to by going to the Supreme Court, which seems like they're trying just to price out of go to high enough courts, need high enough liars or lawyers that they can't. Well, liars are lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah this is the uh dancing goat now this is the limousine rye dancing goat so i think we have to talk about the color before yes this is coca-cola before we taste it uh this might be darker than coca-cola it's It's like red wine dark it's glowing (laughs) 
spread. Like if there's just a hue to it, uh, like if you if you got poured this and nobody told you it was whiskey, you would think this is red wine. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's bright red, and there's yeah. definitely like a glow. So before we got these bottles in, we always talked about how this would be a great blind with midwinter, but you can't blind these because the color is just so different. You would know yeah. immediately. <laughs> uh, and what's crazy about this barrel is they said it was a completely dried port barrel. It was just a very, very old mm. barrel that had a ton of character to it. And most of the time when you finish whiskey in a wine barrel, there's a little bit of wine left in the bottom. So that kind of adds to the color. But this barrel was completely dried out to the point that they almost didn't want to use it because they thought it would be, uh, you know, suspect to leaks. Yeah. Uh, but they just threw the whiskey in there and let it, kind of do its thing and just because of how old this barrel is there's probably just so much port soaked in the wood staves that it just gave off this bright red glowing tint to the whiskey oh that's insane too because um, i've seen some barreling with some older barrels and even just some barrels that have sat out in a warehouse for a few months mm-hmm. and even they you're playing with them forever to get them to seal up right on yeah. a brand new barrel that's been sitting in a warehouse outside for a few mm-hmm. months like it's the fact that's that old i get a lot of like I can, if you go really really deep down into it, I can get the port, but I get a lot of maple syrup on the very yeah, top. Yeah, I I don't get the same kind of fruity notes that I did on the High West. Mm-hmm. Like the port's there a little bit. <clears throat> I I gotta dig way deep. Yeah, to get you to gotta it. really. It's more like darker berries. Yeah, like yeah. Currant, like blackberry, currant. Yeah, yeah. Dark raspberries, figs. Mm-hmm. Dates. Yeah, those are like Plum. the kind of uh I like those like darker fruit flavors. Those are that's like where my sweet spot is on maybe some blueberries. The funny thing is I like those smells, but I don't like a lot of those fruits. Yeah. <laughs> I'll eat dates if they're like filled with goat cheese. I love uh I'm not I a big dates. Fig, I'm not a big figure plum person. Or current person. I love plums. Yeah, you would. I, I don't know why. <laughs> I just love them. I wanted to make plum ice cream I can't this year. The last time I've had a plum, but I missed when the good plums came in. So I'll have to wait till next year. He now. called me bougie. He <laughs> called me when bougie earlier, and now he's talking about good plums. Um, it's it's sometime in the summer. Okay. Um, there's like a, I, there's some South American country that they come from, mm-hmm. and those are like the best ones. My uncle was telling me this. Right. I'll have to keep an eye out. Because <laughs> he Next made summer. it. He made plum ice cream last year, mm-hmm. and it was like, blow your mind, amazing. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'm going to do that. And then mm. I totally missed when they came in. So these have completely different noses and completely different flavor profiles from each other. Yeah. So the reason, though, you're calling it a poor night's dram is just because of the, the port finish. Yeah, a... I mean, mostly uh, just because the timing kind of lined up. Like, yeah. we knew we were going right. to get this the same time Midwinter came out. Uh, we knew Midwinter would probably sell out pretty quick, and there would be more people looking for it. Um, and also, when it comes to 
finished whiskeys, especially wine finished whiskeys, I just don't see the need to charge so much. Uh, like a lot of these port barrels and finishing barrels are expensive to get from these other countries. You have to buy the barrel, you have to ship it over. Um, a lot of times you have to repair the barrel to make sure it doesn't leak. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I'm not sold on the fact that you need an old whiskey to put in there or a really good, you know, base whiskey. Cause a lot of times when you put it into the finishing barrel, the finishing barrel kind of takes over and works its magic. Yeah. Um, and dancing goat, I mean, they're taking, this is really a seven or eight year rye whiskey, which they can't call it that because they're, they do a ton of different finishing. It sits in their limousine cognac, uh, Solera method for six months before it gets bottled. Then they put it back into a bourbon cask and then they put it into the port cask. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of different finishing techniques where they can't call it a seven or eight year, but this is really a seven or eight year whiskey uh, finished in the port and it's a $60 bottle. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I, I think the base on their rye whiskey is very good, but you can kind of take you know, something that's not as good and finish it and it can turn into a good, a good pour Mm -hmm. and the high West, especially switching and transferring to their own distillate and not the MGP stuff. You would have to assume it's younger, probably somewhere in the five to seven year range. Uh, and then to put in a port cask and charge $150 a bottle. I don't know. It just doesn't add up to me. Yeah. I mean, it's going to sound a little condescending, but in a lot of ways, I think the wine barrel finish is kind of cheating <laughs> in yeah. a lot of ways because mm-hmm. it's like you're imparting so much flavor that you're you can, like you said, kind of take a like mediocre whiskey and right. bump it way up mm-hmm. in terms of uh, which like flavor value isn't always a bad thing. Like if you taste something and you think, all right, this is very dry. Let's, let's get a sherry cask or a pork cask yeah. and let's throw it in there. And a lot of times it makes for a great whiskey, but why do you have to charge $150 yeah, right. a bottle for that? Mm-hmm. And our kind of idea here was let's, let's appeal to more people that might've wanted a midwinter and missed out cause the price or missed out cause it's hard to get. Um, and here's something that you can enjoy, uh, you know, for a third of the price and still be a flavorful, good sipper. Yeah. So, I mean, this one, I think the, the port's there, but I feel like it linger or uh, it integrates a little bit better with the Mm -hmm. other flavors going on. Um, and I, I, some of that like stone fruit kind of comes through too. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, like the plum and the maybe not peach, but like maybe like apricot or something in there yeah, a little I would, bit. I would say um, like more currenty, more yeah, the berries, darker fruits, berries, blueberry, raspberry, and the, based on the color, you would think that this is going to be so port heavy, but the flavor is pretty balanced. Yeah, for yeah. how dark this color is, it's it's a lot harder on this one to pick out the port than it was on the high west mm-hmm. in my opinion at yeah. least um which yeah like you said is very <laughs> counterintuitive it's, yeah it's very deceiving color <laughs> very deceiving when if you see the color on this and then taste it yeah i mean i i do feel like this one 
drinks a little bit drier than the high west um but i don't necessarily dock it in that respect um i feel like it kind of needs that because it is pretty fruity Mm -hmm. and it kind of needs something to kind of counterbalance that yeah um but like if you're a like Cabernet or like Merlot drinker, this is like your <laughs> kind of whiskey. Like yeah. it drinks very much like uh one of the darker red wines. Mm-hmm. The finish mm. on this I enjoy more than the Midwinter Nights Dram. I and, it's and much it more back and intense the, and lingering. It, gets, it comes back to the to the lips at the end too. Yeah. Like I, I it it hits it goes it's like it works your way from the back of the mouth mm. to the front of the mouth. And make all your jokes that you want that I said that, but that's well, fine. It definitely it coats every it like it coats your entire mouth. Whereas the midwinter kind of went down like uh, your average whiskey, where yeah, you taste it a little bit on the side of your cheeks, and then it goes down the throat, and it lingers a little bit on the back. But this thing just coats your entire mouth. You're tasting it for two, three minutes after a sip. And yeah, in terms of like viscosity, it almost drinks like a fruit juice. Yeah, and like it, it drinks, without all the sweetness, right? But like that, the viscosity is mm-hmm. very yeah. similar. And it, it drinks like it could be like sixty proof, but yeah. it's one hundred and seven proof. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, this, this is a pretty good, <laughs> pretty good bottle all around. This one is gone though, right? It's gone, and I was gonna say like. I didn't even get one for myself. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how gone it is. <laughs> Normally, there's there's a couple, you know, at least three or four set aside for the bar, yeah, for employees and whatnot. But this one was completely gone. Just yeah. just think, Jake, that you're in the one position where you can actually sell alcohol to Gold Eagle. You Jake. could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do I have? I don't know if I have. No, you just give them an open bottle discount. <laughs> we'll take it for the bar. Yeah, I don't think I bought a duplicate of this one. <laughs> it would take you about thirty minutes to figure out if you did. Yeah. No. <laughs> the studio's a mess right yeah. now. It could still be sitting on the gold legal shelf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I so between the two, I I am gonna They're both very good. Um so if you would have to do this blind, and I'm talking blind, yeah, like with a blindfold yeah. on, yeah, you couldn't see what's in your glass, um, and yeah, they're they're very different pours, right? Knowing the price, I'm of course going with the limousine, yeah, but yeah, the the dancing goat's definitely better for the value, like by, a by lot. far, um. I, I'm kind of leaning towards a dancing coat in terms of flavor profile also. Um, it's a little bit like the midwinter is pretty heavy. Um, and in my opinion, the dancing goat is even heavier and that's kind of what I like in a, in a whiskey. Um, I think the, the dancing goat is a little bit better balanced too. So yeah. I'm going to go with that one. I think I like the midwinter's nose better. Okay. It it just has more of that holiday spice smell. It smells like a yeah. Christmas candle. Yeah, I would probably agree. Um, I'd say the palettes are very similar. I like the finish on the Dancing Goat. So yeah. if you figure in the price and the availability. Well, technically, 
Jake, Dancing Goat is harder to find than Midwinter Night's Grand because you can't True. find it. It was a, well, you know, this thing about single barrel, it's a one time, it's yeah. one barrel. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one that they can take another port barrel and put their whiskey in, and it's probably going to come out completely different. Yeah. yeah. So, and Nick at the tasting commented about this barrel, the guy from Dancing Goat, um, about how this was like one of his favorite barrels he's ever taste it out of their distillery so this yeah. was i mean it's definitely something special yeah so how how did you guys come across this one did he point this out to you he, or did... yeah this one he pointed out okay the honey one we found and this one he was like hey you guys need to try this was this that at the same visit the same visit okay. mm-hmm. he, he said you guys need to try this this is probably my favorite barrel that we have right now uh and it was mainly because of how dry that barrel was yeah. and the whiskey just turned out i mean it's like black cherry glowing red just the color on it is yeah. unbelievable yeah yeah as it looks like i i bought um black cherry juice for mm-hmm. my halloween party uh to make a cocktail and this looks like black cherry juice. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so red. Uh-huh. It's like. <laughs> nice. Well, no, both very good pours. Yeah. Um, I, again, I, I is Midwinter Night Dram overhyped more for the sentimental value of it? Probably. Is it overpriced because of that? Hells, yes, it is. Yeah, at yeah, this point, absolutely. I think like at eighty dollars, I think it's reasonable. Uh-huh. Um, at one fifty or one sixty or whatever. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's a little bit too expensive now. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think this I'm will probably be it. the only one I get. Yeah, I'm glad it's number ten. It's a nice round number. <laughs> Call it there. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. but yeah, I, I don't think I'll probably search it out for me for next year. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different whiskeys and so many different finishes and so much good stuff going on that it's it's if it's hard to find an expensive and then you're not blown away by it, it's probably not worth. Yeah, run I'll probably yeah, no. bust this one out for the Christmas party. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a great bottle to have to share. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, that was kind of our thought, too, with the sticker and calling this the poor man's dram. And, yeah. Well, don't do that with Jack Daniels. I'll take it as a <laughs> Yeah, we got to be careful with this stuff. But it was gone in one day. It's not going to happen again. So, <laughs> so whiskeys uh, of the year, then? I guess that yeah. So um, yeah. So we, I think uh, Jenna's gonna put together some reels of our whiskeys of the year. Um, I'll go first because I'm talking. Um, so I went with the Hard Truth Sweet Mash Rye. Um, we tried it at uh, Sam's tasting event in like March or was it May? Earlier in the spring. It was March. It was right. It was right before Easter. Yeah, it was Black was, Friday, I think. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was on Good Friday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, we just had Black Friday. I, yeah, I, I get screwed up. <laughs> but yeah, I was totally blown away by the hard truth. Um, I think the one that we tried there was batch number two. Um, I've got the signed bottle by one of the owners back here. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't one of the Somewhere. owners. It was actually one of the guys on the brew side. They're supposed to have an owner, and their ma- or their master is still there. And Sam said that that guy didn't show up, so it was, he was 
Oh, it was the brewery guy. Oh, their brewery. Oh, that's he was, right. He it's signed happy. by somebody. It's signed by somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Sam wasn't. Sam wasn't happy with it. That's all right. Yeah. But I mean, it's fantastic. Uh, Gold Eagle just got their barrel picking, and like, my god, <laughs> it is so good. <laughs> they're um, they're because you gave different. us a sample in like June or July. Yeah, uh-huh. So I've been waiting like six months for it to come it's, out. It's oh, amazing. It's, so good. it's a, it, to me, it's just like vanilla frosting. It's so sweet. Yeah. And the, for a rye, oh, it's yeah. like, it's mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Um, you still get a lot of those. Um, it's, it's a, it's a very, the regular hard truth sweet mash rye is very floral. It's very similar to like the MGP mm-hmm. mash bill uh, rye. Um, but they're, always barrel proof so you get a lot more flavor out of them than like your typical mgp rye um but this this uh the gold eagle pick is actually a kentucky rye from like the early days of the distillery yeah so right? story was it was it's the same mash bill it's the same grains and it's the same distillers they just distilled 35 barrels at a Kentucky distillery, which they couldn't say which one, but they said it was a big name that everyone would yeah. know. Um, so they distilled 35 barrels there, and that was like their early trial run. They call it their origin series. Okay. Um, so those 35 barrels, I think a third of them were rye, and they did a third weeded, and then a third regular bourbon. Um, so those were distilled three years prior to opening up their Indiana distillery, which okay. they're... That's where their two-year rye comes from, but yeah. it's supposed to be the same mash bill, same grain, same distiller. Yeah, so your pick is like five years? Five years. Mm-hmm. And then and what what blows me away about the the normal offering is that mm. it's a two-year rye. Yeah, which <laughs> like, like there's, it does not drink like a two-year rye. No, it, it could be like, a, you'd think it, it was like eight a, or nine-year yeah, rye. It's insane. Mm-hmm. That was one of the um, first ryes that I truly enjoyed Yeah, I tried it. Yeah. Um, so I, I tried it. Um, at that tasting, and I grabbed Dan. And I was like, "If you're gonna like any rye, <laughs> you're yeah. gonna like this one." Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, what's What's awesome about that too is we tried it and fell in love with it, and bought five or six cases of it. And then two days later, Fred Minnick came out with a uh, amazing review on it, mm-hmm. and then it was sold out everywhere. So we kind of stocked up on it a little bit, and I think we still have five or six bottles left from that initial drop uh yeah. but yeah we did just get our barrel pick in and the barrel pick takes it to a whole new level yeah and the the other because we tried the uh one of the subsequent batches when we were at hard truth mm-hmm. um in september and it's just as good yeah so yeah i'm i'm hoping that they keep that consistency going yeah um, it's, it's for sure a distillery to keep an eye on yeah and their bourbon should be coming in the near future, they mm-hmm. said too. Um, yeah. So that'll be worth looking for Absolutely. as well. All right, Dan. Well, before I go, we'll since Roberto's not here, we'll talk about his pick. Oh yeah, he went with Dickel Fifteen. Yeah, which is a good choice. Um, probably one of the better values out there for a fifteen-year whiskey. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Normally in the sixty, eighty dollar range, somewhere in there. At least more. It's, I mean, usually I see it for like sixty-five. Yeah. Like I think you guys have oh, it around. I was just there. talking like fifteen year whiskeys. Oh, mostly, for yeah, mostly overall, like yeah, ten yeah. bucks a year. You would expect to pay hundred to one hundred and fifty at for least. A fifteen yeah. year in the Dickel. I think we have for yeah sixty yeah. right around there. You have uh, 
I think you have two different ones, right? I think we sold out of one of them, and the one that we have left is a single barrel. Yeah. Not, that, not one that we picked, but just a, like a distiller's pick. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it's an unbelievably good whiskey. Yeah. Um. Well, and it was what, last year Whiskey Advocate gave the 13-year Dickel? It was like two years in a row the 13-year Dickel was yeah. like top two. Right. Because you've got the special one. one. one yeah. of the so like whiskey of the year edition one. Yeah, I had it. That was gone a long time. Yeah, ago. and I got I got the non special one, but oh, the thirteen year is good. The fifteen year is even better in my mm-hmm. opinion. And for sixty dollars, it's unbeatable. Some there's some people that aren't big fans of Dickel's play, flavor profile, but that's a hell of a yeah great value. I mean, it, Lots of haters on the Dickel profile, but I will say like once once Dickel hits. 13, 15, 17 years old. That's completely different yeah. than their younger stuff. Yeah, well, a, lot, even, a lot of the people, a lot of, I think a lot of people, it, it is similar to like the Jack Daniels thing where you get that like char mm-hmm. kind of note, um, which get, like I, a dried oak note in most of their stuff. Yeah. Like I personally love that mm-hmm. note. Um, but I know like you're not a particular fan of that, right, Dan? Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, once you get into those higher age ranges, that starts to kind of taper off yeah. and kind of mellow a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah, it becomes really, really uh, accessible, I think, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Well, we even tried at Sam's Tasting a few weeks ago. They had the Dickel 8-year, yeah. which I never tried. And for 30 bucks, that's not a bad value either. Yeah. 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 Um, it's it, That that was more of I, I liked it. It's a $30 bottle, and that'd be a hell of a good mixer for cocktails yeah but it's it's like what what's kind of crazy about dickel is that all this stuff is like readily available too oh yeah (laughs) like you know like there's not many other whiskeys that are 15 years old that are on the shelf all the time no so it it's pretty pretty special look at kelly met yeah oh yeah i mean kelly met's you can you can find it, but it's one hundred and thirty bucks, one hundred forty right. bucks a bottle. Dickel's like half the price, yeah. uh-huh. you know. So yeah, I mean that's a good point. I mean, the, yeah, Calumet's probably the only other one that I can think of that's mm-hmm. that old and always on right. the shelf. Uh, the uh, the the American flag one. Um, oh, um, resilient, resilient. There mm. it is. Oh yeah, that's usually fairly. That's I've usually around like a hundred, hundred and twenty. Yeah, it, it, if yeah. you can find it, but it's still yeah. way more expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We tried the 16-year? At Sam's? No. On oh. the show, we tried the 16-year, I think, so. I think. I think it was a 16 In an episode. Yeah. Um, and the bottled and bond. Yeah. Um, I'll, yeah. We tried their 10-year at Sam's event, and I bought a bottle of that for... <laughs> that was like 80 bucks for their 10-year, which is still a little high, but it was a pretty damn good yeah. bottle. Well, mine was... Jack bonded because that was probably the one that surprised me the most because I don't like Jack Daniels old number seven at all. Yeah, I don't like Gentleman Jack that much. The Jack number twenty seven, the maple barrel finish, I I like. That's hard to find and expensive. Yeah. And Jack bonded for thirty thirty five dollars. I thought was probably one of the best beginner whiskeys you can get. Yeah, if you're trying to get into to whiskey. For thirty thirty five dollars, you can't go wrong. It's a seven hundred milliliter bottle, so the value is not as great as some, but not not enough to deter you. But it's just a solid. The way I think of that, it's it's not the same flavor profile, but I think of it like Blanton's. 
It's just a solid, easy drinking whiskey. And it yeah. has the maple or it has the oak, it has the vanilla flavors to it. And for thirty some bucks, you can't go wrong. Whiskey Advocate gave it ninety seven, which wasn't which they shouldn't have. Um, <laughs> by any means. That's not a ninety seven ranking. I'm gonna go on record and say that I agree. I love Jack Modded so much. It's so yeah, I good. Do too. That that's like, one that I'm always gonna have on stock too, because people that come over that are getting into whiskey and aren't big, I'm not I want to start them off and see what they think of that. Yeah. Because if they like that as a pour, then I know they're going to like some of the other pours that I would like to give them that are going to be harder to find. Yeah. Um, I, if they don't opinion, like that, then it's a $30 pour that I gave somebody, and I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, I, mean, <laughs> I was actually going to pick Jack Bonded as mine, but Dan picked it first, so I let him have it. <laughs> be faster on the text, man. Yeah. <laughs> I thought but you were the, hating on Jack Bonded 10 minutes ago. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> he lost. No, you. Oh, he, no, no, I was talking good about Jack Bond. <laughs> no, I, so I think that is what's regular Jack's 84 proof. Mm-hmm. I mean, that bump up to 100 proof, I think, makes all the difference. Yeah, it's kind of like makers versus makers 101. Yeah. yeah. Makers 101 is so much better. <clears throat> There's probably some barrel selection point. going on there, too. Like, I don't think it's just that they raised the proof. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it it's, it kind of blows my mind that they didn't do this like 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. <laughs> like almost everybody else has a bottled and bond. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, the the market has changed significantly, right. you know, in the you last ha- you have to 10 years. So they like have that. to do something, yeah, but, to stay. I mean, what's their, what's Gentleman Jack? Gentleman Jack's a higher proof, but I don't like that nearly. Not as really. Much. It's 90-something. Yeah, I think it's maybe just 94, a little bit but, longer. Um all they Maybe all they it's do selected is selected barrels. I'm not sure about. I think that, Gentleman though. Jack. All they do is just um, not distill it, but uh, filter <laughs> they do it that twice. Do they? I think that's the only difference. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's. I I think if you, if you're looking at the Jack line, because Gentleman Jack's fifty or sixty bucks in that range usually, or fifty bucks. That was like forty ish. Yeah, it's a little bit more. I don't know if it's that high, but I mean, the bonded to me was the first Jack product I tried besides really good barrel proof single barrels where it reminded me of a sipping bourbon something that actually has a lot of flavor um that i can sit there and have a neat pour of and be Mm. satisfied yeah which regular jack never did that for me gentleman jack never did that for me but the bonded you can sit there and actually have a glencairn pour Mm -hmm. and be satisfied as a you know, it's it's, it's not going to leave you disappointed. It, it's, no. it's, it's a solid. We, I, we've talked about that a bunch. It's a solid bourbon. And I know we've mm-hmm. talked about things. We talk about pricing of, hey, this is yeah. good. It's got all your normal bourbon flavors. It's what you'd expect out of a good bourbon, but it's 90 or or $100. Well, I can buy three Jack Bonded for that. Yeah. <laughs> At that yeah. point, it's like, if we're just talking about a good solid. I think that was one of the old Elks we talked about was, I think the old Elk, just their bourbon. We kind yes. of talked about that because it's a 60 Fifty sixty dollar bottle of their bourbon, and it's like it's a solid bourbon. It's good, but the value at a thirty some dollar bottle of Jack is Jack Bonded was better for me. But yeah, I mean it. It's um for the value, it's fantastic. Um, I think, like you said, it's very accessible. Yeah. Um, for anybody trying to get into whiskey, um. Especially if you do like Jack Daniels in general, it's like it's got those like reminiscent notes of like the regular number seven, but there's just so much more flavor behind it. Um, I think 
Roberto's favorite note on it is the bananas foster. Yeah. Um, so like, I don't personally get that because I hate bananas. <laughs> so <laughs> like, I I don't get that at all. But um, I know a lot of people do. Um, but I mean, and that even carries through through like the single barrels and the barrel proof single barrels. Um, are those kind of like what people call banana notes? Um, that a lot of people really enjoy. And even if you're a Jack hater, it's thirty bucks, and it's it's going to be completely different than what you think it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I'm, um, I'm a Jack hater. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I, I, my cousin. So the Jack uh, hater picks Jack as his bourbon of the year. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why it was surprising. Is yeah. I when we when Jake's like, hey, we're gonna do that. We're gonna do the triple mash. I'm like, yay, great. Then I tried the bonded. I'm like, oh, hey, hello. Mm-hmm. So good. If, if something does that. Even though it wasn't probably the favorite one I drank, it's probably the most surprising to me. Mm-hmm. You know, my my cousins were here for the fourth, and then uh, we tried. Um, I brought a bottle of Blanton's over to my grandma's, and then the next day I brought uh, Dickel Fifteen. And I didn't have a a bottle of Jack Bonded because I had killed mine. I told my cousin like, when you go back home, pick one up because it's worth it, and. Uh, he he had to hunt for it a little bit because he lives in upstate New York. And it's not like as readily, or at the time, it wasn't as readily available because I think mm. it kept selling out. Um, but he finally found one. He was like, you were not kidding. It's <laughs> like, this is excellent. I was like, yeah, dude. It's like, I mean, it's probably in my top 10 of like all time whiskeys. Wow. I love it. Um, the triple mash is a different story. I like <laughs> not a mash. big fan of the triple mash. Just but... see, I like the triple mash, but I also love single malts. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, and you and that the single malt and the triple mash takes over from the bourbon. Yeah. Like it's you're tasting more of a malt whiskey. Yeah. Than a bourbon. Just so, so you know, Jake, that party he was talking about where he brought Blanton's the one day and Dickel Fifteen the next. They made old old fashions with Blanton's. That's fine. Blanton's is <laughs> yeah. <not> see, good. <laughs> unless you get a like, sometimes you can find a really really good single barrel, uh, but most of the time Blanton's is just very meh. It's yeah, a, it's a mixer. The yeah. first the first one Honestly, I ever got was really good. Uh huh. This one that I brought was the second bottle I got. And it was very like mediocre. So I'm fine with saying this on record. Most of the time, I don't even want to put plants in an old fashioned. It's not even good enough. <laughs> my old fashions. <laughs> like it's a, it's, it's a very intro whiskey. Uh, it's it's smooth, and I hate using the term smooth. Yeah. Uh, it has a little bit of spice, and it's a very cool looking bottle. So if you're a, a novice and you're looking at a bottle of Blanton's and you're pouring it for yourself. That's a great experience. Yeah. Uh, hey, John Wick drinks plans. And John Wick <laughs> is a badass. Well, I mean, it, it's impressive when all you've had is like Basil Hayden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or yeah. something like yeah, that. Right. You know? mm-hmm. Um, but, if but yeah, I mean, there's so much. Every every whiskey drinker I know that you know has the selection that you have here, um, and has you know expanded their palate to other things out there, uh, does not care for Blanton's at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at like one of the big things that Sam's tasting event is he had he saved up all of his Blanton's allocations, mm-hmm. and I didn't. I'm like, you know what, I'm not gonna grab one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I had an opportunity to go grab yeah. a 
thing for one. I'm like, I don't. I had. A, I have a bottle. I have a backup. I don't need to stockpile it. It's. It's yeah. fine. And my, mainly one of them is for display because my barrel in my house is a Buffalo Trace Mash Bill Two. So I have a bottle of mm-hmm. the most common Mash Bill Two you can find. So I'm not going to stockpile. If, well, if I could stockpile Elmer's on it, I would, but. Yeah. A little bit harder if I come by an Elmer team. Yeah. Usually I keep one because it's if like somebody's um mm-hmm. kind of new to whiskey, it's something you can be like, oh, try this, and like you know they're probably gonna like it. Yeah, or they they recognize it. They they're oh yeah. plans. Yeah. yeah, it's like okay, you can try yeah. this, and like I know I'm not gonna waste something really good, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah. Jake, what about you? I'm, I'm guessing probably E.H. Taylor. <laughs> so I think I'm going to throw you guys for a loop here. And I think once I say it, you'll agree. But uh, something that you're not expecting, my whiskey of the year would probably be a barrel-proof, single-barrel Castle and Key Rye. Ooh, Restoration Rye, yeah. single barrels. Mm-hmm. Those That's are good. a good choice. Uh, Yours? <laughs> for sure ours. <laughs> for sure ours. Again, unbiased. Yeah. Unbiased. <laughs> um, but I will say the single barrel that we picked, uh, shout out to Wilson. He's our Castle and Key rep. Uh, so he brought us three samples from Castle and Key, and we picked out of those three. And then after we picked and we told them our selection, he said, no, this is your selection. He pulls out another sample from his pocket, <laughs> and it was a barrel that he drilled into at the distillery um, that you know only he had access to, and he wanted it to go to us because we have a good relationship with him. Um, but that barrel is very good, and it has a lot of that vanilla frosting and sweetness that yeah. we were talking about with the hard truth, and they kind of remind me of each other. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those pours where at first you really like it and then you pour yourself a second glass and then a third glass and it's like, holy shit, this is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but I've also had probably three, four, or five other single barrels of Castle and Key Barrel Proof Rye and they're all very different but very good in their own way. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of the bourbon. I think it's still a little young and they have some time – until it kind of catches up in age and matures. But the rise that I've tried, the different single barrels are just unbelievable. Yeah. The, the batch two bourbon was pretty good. Um, and then I haven't heard great things about the subsequent batches that they've released. Yeah. Batch, batch one was very meh. It was kind of bready and batch two was a little bit better. And I thought the weeded was not too good. I tried the weed at your place. I was going to say, I didn't want to like bash Mm. them too much, but I I wasn't a fan of the weeded. I thought it was just tasted like white bread. Uh, Um, but the the rise the rise story the rise yeah. are ridiculous. Yeah. So Especially the regular the restoration right is good. The regular is very good, it's really good. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, your guys's pick is like very much that uh, the floral end of the rise mm-hmm. with floral like, and nice also a sweetness. lot of sweetness. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you do get some of that spice, you know, that you expect mm-hmm. out of a rye, but it's not. Um, it's not in like the. Um, like how some of the like younger rides can be like overpowering with, yeah. with the spice. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah it's you get more sweetness and it's more like on the side of the palate it, yeah it coats your cheeks and just runs back into the back of your mouth but yeah we did you uh you do a blind with that one time we did and i can't remember what it i don't was remember because yeah. that was one of our first and early blind tastings but i know yeah. at one point we did throw that in there uh and it was against something really good too and i'm pretty sure they were very close or yeah. the restoration beat it out because i uh, i had bought one when you guys released it, because mm-hmm. um, I love the restoration, the regular restoration, yeah. right? Um, then after that blind, I bought a second one. Cause I was like, yeah, this is really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. Their ryes are good. And I'm not a gin fan, but I take their gin above their bourbon. Their gin is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I was down at the distillery, we they they gave you they gave you a sample of rye. I think they gave you a sample of their bourbon, and then the rest were gins. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, they did this because they're trying to sell something, and they're going to sell oh, their yeah. gin because their gin is good. It is really good. They're, they're not just trying to sell it. They're trying to show you yeah. how good their gin is. I mean, there's been several gins um, that I've been really impressed by. The Castle and Key's one of them, and the uh, Watershed. Watershed mm. was fantastic, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Um very much the like Western style gin, not mm. like a London dry. No. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very like fruity and floral and yeah. um, not so juniper heavy. Right. Yeah. More modern. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's been the holidays around here lately that we decided it'd be a nice time to have a holiday pour. Yep. Um, unfortunately, Roberto couldn't, couldn't get his schedule to work for this, but. We've been a little inconsistent as of late with the holidays. We'll probably have a few more inconsistent weeks here coming up, but then we'll be back on a new schedule. We've had a few things going on as well. Yeah, I think uh, mid-January we'll probably start the second season. Um, And uh, I think we're going to try and shake things up a little bit. I don't know how much, (laughs) but we're going to figure out our strategy for the next year. Yeah. and uh yeah, so I think this has been this has been a lot of fun this year. Yeah. Um well, I mean, me it was about to this look time, forward to every week. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> about this time last year you really started pushing us on this. Because yeah. it was probably what, February we started? Yeah, I think the first episode was in February. It was nice we got hammered here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not not including the last time Jake was on one. I was gonna say yeah. every episode. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. <laughs> I well, that was best, all my fault. Too. The, the <laughs> best part was I got really hammered and told Jake I could sell four cases of whiskey in one night. <laughs> yeah. I, and then, yeah, and then he showed up the next week. and gave I think I showed up that time. Friday. I think we yeah, didn't record on a Wednesday. A I showed up yeah. on Friday. <laughs> I did not sell four cases. I sold almost close to two. but yeah, that's. I mean, that's pretty good for all I know is the, the rep beside me. She's like, ah, how long have you been doing this? And I'm like, ah, just trying it out tonight. <laughs> how long have you been doing this? Five years. Oh, what? Okay, well, <laughs> yeah. we'll see. That's fun. Which, yeah, if you're sleeping on that Whiskey Acres barrel pick at Gold Eagle, Don't it is excellent. It. Yeah. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one of the top questions that both of you guys get, or uh, responses is like, ah, I don't know about them. 
because you tried it two years ago or something. Everyone, it's not the everyone same. says, I've, I've, oh, I've had Whiskey Acres. I'm not a fan. And I'm like, well, you haven't had this barrel. And yeah. New they, young distilleries, it takes time to grow. And, yeah. and it's, we talk about it all the time. Why, why, does, why is Pappy 12, why is all the Pappy so hard to find? Well, it takes a long ass time to get that mash bill and get that flavor profile that way. Mm-hmm, yeah. If everyone could do it, you wouldn't have those bottles that are impossible to find. Right. Yeah. Um, not everyone can do it because it takes a long time and a lot of money to get there. And mm-hmm. Buffalo Trace has been around for a long time and they have a lot of money. They can do that. Yeah. Um, but give give younger distillers a chance to grow because stuff continues to change and get better. So Yeah, I mean like a good rule of thumb too is that barrel proofs are usually much better than the whatever standard release. Mm-hmm. Um, you just get so much more flavor because you're not watering it down to well, cut it. Well, to that, whatever that proof, and new distilleries, know. they're trying to make a name for themselves. So they're trying to really hunt for their best barrels to get their best barrels out oh, as yeah. single barrels. And when you're taking your, when you don't have a lot of quantity, you're taking your best quality and taking it out of what you would normally blend in together. Yeah. Because you need to be able to showcase these things. Yep. Um, but as you have more time, more time to grow and produce, you can start those single barrels that were your best of the best are now your average. Mm-hmm. And five years from then, you're putting out better stuff. So any any young distillery is going to be that way. There, it, it's fun to to see the flavor grow. Um, yeah. So hopefully, I don't get drunk and run my mouth and get stuck selling at a liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome anytime. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, last episode of the year. Um, we will be releasing some other content. Um, so keep an eye on Instagram. Um, I've got four different cocktails for the winter lined up that I need to do, but I've been lazy and haven't put them out yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then, uh, we're, I think we're going to do reels of each of our favorites, um, the next couple weeks. And then, uh, Crap. yeah, we'll be back. Is Jack Daniels going to sue me for doing that? <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, hopefully, like mid January, we'll be back uh, with our first episode of season two. Though I, I don't think I'm gonna actually classify it as season two. Ah, might as well. Season two. That's what we're gonna call season two. (laughs) (laughs) Season two is for the nookie. Season two for the nookie. All right. (laughs) All right, Uh, Jake. Socials. Yeah, so uh, find us at Bourbon Matters um, on Facebook, Bourbon Matters, Instagram at Bourbon Matters. Uh, Follow us, like us, YouTube, Bourbon Matters also, Um, which I should note, this video is, or this is not going to be a video episode because my PC won't work. Um, So (laughs) this is audio only. Um, It will be on YouTube, though, just an audio format. Good, no better time to tell you than the end of the episode, but you know, yeah, my pappy shirt's not gonna come into play. Yeah. <laughs> Jake, socials, uh, Instagram, Gold Eagle Wine, Facebook, Gold Eagle Spirits, uh, search Gold Eagle Wine everywhere, you'll find us, goldeaglewine.com. See our inventory and download our app on uh, app, Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. Yeah, the uh, app search, is awesome. Search, yeah, search Gold Eagle Wine on there. You can find our app, download it. You can see our inventory. Purchase right on the app. We'll hold it until you come in. Uh, and get up. event tickets. Yeah, events too. Mm-hmm. The, see all the it's the best way events. to do it. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. And also, if you guys haven't realized, the poem of the best single barrel picks of all time 
All right, Gold Eagle. Hey. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to, we talk in depth about your single barrels in our previous episode, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think was the Whiskey Acres Barrel Pick episode. We did the Whiskey Acres one, and then we did the Knob Creek Barrel selection. So I think we talk about both of them, and yeah, you guys never miss. Nice. Thank you. Awesome. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Cheers. Until next year.